Hey guys, welcome back to Two Girls, One Mike with Aruba and Hiba. And we hope you guys are doing well amidst all of the confusion and stress this coronavirus is causing. I hope you all are staying healthy and you're staying safe and you're practicing what your government is telling you to. Yeah, because it is kind of serious. I know a lot of people are not taking it seriously and still going out and about, but it's not about you specifically getting the disease. It's about who you could pass it on to. Exactly. Yeah. But that is not what that's, this, this, that, <laughs> what this podcast is about. If you want to hear about the coronavirus podcast, it was our previous episode and you can go listen to that. I sounded like such an influencer there. <laughs> You're um, like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> go listen to the other episode. This one is more so about the illusion of social media. I love how I just threw the actual title. Yeah, but Rubo will explain what it is. Okay, fine. Yeah, um, so the past few days, we've both been dwelling a lot on... The general emptiness that surrounds our, you know, society, no, I guess. No, you're just depressed. <laughs> might be, might be, you know. Um, but no, all jokes aside, like, there is a general, I guess, desensitization, desensitization, but also general emptiness to our society nowadays. Um, we don't take things seriously. We don't feel anything. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's evident because before the coronavirus actually happened, and I'm guilty of this, you know, before it got serious, people were actually saying they want to die. And <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to name names, but it, maybe it was me. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, it's, it's, it's a really touchy topic. I feel like you have to be very careful about how you talk about this topic because people can... All, people identify with social media a lot, mm-hmm. right? They have their identity on there, and so a lot of it can be useful, but a lot of it can be harmful. It's very—it's a dangerous place to be. Mm-hmm. Um, especially with that, we wanted to touch on the topics today of how a lot of people live different lives outside of social media than mm-hmm. they do um, on social media, especially influencers. And we also wanted to talk about how things can be blown well we cannot talk blown out of proportion very easily just because like okay let's go into that you know how most people rely on six buzz for news yes not everything on six buzz is true though and it's really important for you to be able to take that extra initiative and step out of instagram and go over to safari and find the right sources where you can get that information from because you can't rely on everything you see on just on social media just because people that are putting it out there might not know the truth or might not know, might not have the same knowledge to be able to word something appropriately. Yeah. Um, I mean, with Six Buzz, their captions are so, like, they're so <laughs> blank, right? Like, they're so meaningless. Like, it's like, do, you think, no. the, <laughs> do you think the coronavirus is going to reach Brampton or not? Like, you know, it's like, it's very touch and go. Yeah. It's not about like actually exploring what is actually happening in the world. <laughs> and so the comments end up being more like troll like than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Hiba's right. Like a lot of things get blown out of proportion and there there could not be a better time than to talk about this because the coronavirus pandemic, um, before it happened, there was a lot of misinformation running around. Um, there was a lot of panic and a lot of distress and now that's led into the actual pandemic exactly and i feel like to a certain extent people still aren't taking it seriously because they weren't expecting it to be this serious just because something that we joke about so easily can't be something that can become this serious that fast Mm -hmm. because as humans we haven't seen this happen before and we're not used to it so i feel like millennials are taking this a lot more lightly than it should be taken 
and like me myself included my mom was just like oh no one's supposed to go anywhere like everyone has to take measures like everyone stay home stay away from people and then guess what i did i came over to aruba's house to film a podcast which is wrong like you i shouldn't be doing that right now i should be at home in self-isolation but aruba's bullying me so i'm here but the, the other thing is that we're like the first generation, right, to ha- even have a social media during a pandemic, which gives us an increased um, opportunity to be in contact with other people, even if we are in self-isolation, which can be a good thing. But also the bad side of it is that since there's no direct communication really happening, a lot of people are misconstruing what the story really is. I'm going to be real with you. I'm kind of like, I've been reading this stuff about how there were countries that had to go into isolation, like Syria, Palestine, Kashmir, they all dealt with this, but just because they were third world countries, and people were dying there, right? People didn't take that seriously, people took the social media only to a certain extent, talked about it for a little bit, and then moved on to the next big thing. I, I don't, like, if this virus had spread in a country that was a third world country and it didn't make its way out, it wouldn't have been this serious and that bothers me a lot because it's just like why are we putting a value on people's lives why is it that when it comes into a first world country we take this more seriously than when it's killing people in a third world country not only that but don't you think that because we have social media and because we're able to kind of control the narrative that the story is actually getting longer than it should be Mm-hmm. you know what i mean like because we can drag it on for so long and <laughs> talk about it and talk about it and talk about it that it's kind of becoming more of an issue than it should be yeah people are blowing it out of proportion i feel like yeah people are talking more about it and not doing anything to stop it yeah and it's really important for us all to be able to kind of look at ourselves and kind of be like this is what i need to be doing right now and this is what i need to not be doing right now and the only way to do that is kind of be your own judge and kind of know what's right and what's wrong and that goes into social media as well like when you're posting something, you need to be able to decide whether it stays true to who you are and whether it's right for your followers to see it. Like, to a certain extent, I do believe that people, no matter how small or big their following is, they do affect the people that follow them. Like, I don't have a lot of followers, but I know that whenever, like, why can't I talk? Why, why do I have that whenever? Oh, okay. <laughs> whenever I post something, like, a lot of people see it. And I've always tried to say, like, true. Whenever I'm going through, like, a dark phase of my life, I'll, like, very openly put it on my Instagram because it's also a part of my life that I want people to be able to be like, okay, she goes through that too. And it's not just... I don't want them to just see it and be like, okay, she goes through that too. That makes her normal. I want it to be like, it gets that bad. Yeah. And it's okay. And I feel like social media is just this sugar-coated thing where you... I know it's supposed to be your getaway and it's supposed to be the place where you can go to, to see happiness or whatever. It's supposed to be the life that you aren't living. But after a certain point, that starts to affect you and your decisions and your mental health. And I feel like people need to be taking that a little more seriously and people need to start hold, like start holding themselves more accountable. See, I don't think that was a correct statement. So No, see, that's the thing. That's what I, I really agree with that because a lot of social media is literally all talk and no action, right? So people go on there and they like a bunch of um, tweets about how this is how you can stay, stay safe during the pandemic, but then they actually don't implement any of that into mm-hmm. their life, which is so frustrating to me because you put a persona of yourself on social media that is 
in alignment. Thing. Yeah, it's in alignment with what other people expect you to be. But in real life, you're not really that person. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to share, like, you know, what Hiba said, like, when you're going through something dark in your life, it's very important for you to be authentic with the people that follow you because you don't, you're right. Like, no matter how small or large of a following you have, it's it's not a joke when people take you seriously. Mm-hmm. You know when people take you seriously and you know when your your posts have consistently made an impact on other people. And so it is your responsibility to be taking that seriously and making sure that when you're going through something bad, sharing it, not only does it show people that it can get that bad, but it also can show people how to cope with it, right? Mm-hmm. Which is what's so important to me, that whenever I'm going through something negative in my life, I'm not only putting out the negativity but i'm putting out what i'm doing to tackle that negativity because that's what i feel like is productive in the long run mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. um see i like believe that and i like try to like this is just me i try to my like the best of my abilities but at the end of the day i always say every single person is different and the way they cope with things is different and what i'm doing may or may not work for them and I'm gonna be honest with you my way of coping with stuff is just not feeling it mm-hmm. and kind of just laying in bed having a big ass cry and then jumping up the next day and going about my life and trying to push away the feelings which is wrong because then they resurface after a couple of months and it's a lot worse so don't do that that's the only thing i preach i'm like i know what you shouldn't mm-hmm. do i yeah. don't know what you should do though yeah yeah so to the best of your knowledge whatever you know you try to put it out there you know i used to be the exact same way and even up to this point we had the conversation a few days ago i told you like i'm really afraid of being present through the pain and then i started doing that you know like the igtv videos i posted um like yesterday and then the day before was me trying to have that conversation because the way i work is when i talk to another person it helps me like work through my own emotion Mm -hmm. So when I feel like I'm helping another person through what I'm going through, it makes me also kind of forced to tackle it, tackle the issue, right? So that's how I deal with it, and that's why I'm so public with whatever I go through. But then, I told you this, I know people who have a large following on social media, and large, by large I mean around like, you know, 5k to 10k, or even even more, because I have been, I've known, well I won't say they're my friends, but I've known people who have a lot more followings than that. And, you know, I'm going to be straight up with you guys. These people will try to sell you a lifestyle and they're going to paint the prettiest picture there is of their life. They're going to paint the best picture you've ever seen. And that picture's not real. It doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. These people are, first of all, going through a lot of pain. Um, and the only way that they know how to deal with it is to be showered with compliments by people who don't actually know what their life is Mm -hmm. so they paint the prettiest picture they throw it up on instagram and then people make them feel good about their life but then that's ineffective because you're not even living that life so the compliments you're getting at that point aren't even real no they're not real but it makes you feel so good that somebody acknowledges that you exist somebody acknowledges that you're you you're not a fucked up in pain person you know what i mean mm-hmm. it makes you feel it makes you feel so good to be validated and that's what is so harmful about social media and that's why there's such a general emptiness in our society 
is that because we're not actually happy. We're not actually validated by the people in our bubble, by the people that we're in touch with, physically in touch with. We're validated by people who actually have no idea what is going on in our life. No, I've always believed this. Like, through the screen, we're not able to feel the same way. I have a relationship, a long-distance relationship, and every time that we face any problems in our relationship, it's usually when we haven't seen each other for a long period of time and when we've been, like, just texting back and forth. So it's kind of like that. It's kind of, you can't really, you get to put the tone and attitude to the context, right? So you can see what the message is, but you get to decide what the meaning to that message is, which is exactly what social media is. People just view it and people get to define what it is on their own. Yeah, I agree. I 100% agree. The same thing with me. You know, um, every relationship that I've been in, I 100% believe that you can't feel the same amount of emotion about somebody over a screen. Mm -hmm. Um, You never know their higher purpose and you're never in touch with who they really are because it's really, you're not really there to feel their energy. I'm, I'm a really big person when it comes to energy and I think as much as energy can be felt over the screen, I don't think that it can be felt as much as it could be when you're in person Um, because a lot of a lot of miscommunication uh, happens over social media. Mm-hmm. A lot of misjudgment happens over social media. So I definitely am a huge believer in the fact that you have to be in person with somebody to honestly understand their higher purpose. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like how we're all aware of the... Like, you know how there's this saying where it's like social media is just a window into people's lives? And we... Like, I feel like at one point we've seen that caption or that post on either Instagram or Twitter, but it's one of those things which we see, we understand, but we're not really, we don't really apply it. So when we see someone on Instagram that's happier than us or that's living a life that is better than ours, we immediately compare ourselves to them. And I do it too. Like I see someone, I fall down the explore page spiral and I see like girl after girl who are so pretty. And then I see like people who have families, people who have big houses, people who have kids, like basically everything that I wanted to have for myself and I thought I'd have for myself even though I'm just 20. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know why I would expect that but it was always that thing where it was just like I'm gonna be different and I'm gonna be set by that time because there were people when I was growing up who had made their lives for themselves and media always applauded them and always we always tend to how do I say this? How do I... Like, they, we praise the people who are different. And we do it without realizing that there's a lot more people that are average. And we completely, like... I know it's it's wrong to be like, oh, consider the average people. But they treat us like we're out of sight, out of mind. And that's wrong. I don't think it should be like that. I think that someone who's average should be praised too. Someone who's trying. Someone's attempt. Someone that's putting in the work. Just because they don't see results doesn't mean that's why i follow like small brands and like social media pages that are starting up because i feel i don't want to say i feel bad for them but i i i know what it's they like they deserve recognition exactly i know what it's like to like start something the podcast and put your all into it we're not putting our all into it but we are putting a significant amount of work and people just not taking that time to recognize the amount of work and effort you're putting into it and this podcast is a way for me to actually open up about my life in a way that's a lot more comfortable. I've wanted to do a podcast for the past like two, three years, I'd like to say. And the only thing that held me back was 
I once posted, you know when Ask FM or Saraha had yes, yeah. whatever? Yeah, that was a big thing. I posted something on my um, social media page, my Instagram, and I shared something about my life and I got a lot of negative like questions about it and I was just like, I don't know if I'm ready to put a certain aspect of my life out there because the amount of backlash I received from these people was crazy. Like, it put me into a really dark stage in my life and I, I didn't like the way I felt and I didn't like that people had the power to make me feel that way. And I know like a podcast is a very intimate thing kind of and it's where people can actually know the real side of you because there's no like with our podcast there's no filter there's no edit there's nothing we put out everything we say and i like how raw it is but then at the same time there's also that thought in the back of my head where it's just like what if i say the wrong thing at the wrong time and the wrong person hears it and And i'll have to suffer exactly and i have to suffer five years down the line and get canceled for something that I didn't even mean in that way. So there's always like that fear on the back. And like, I know it's easy for people to be like, then don't say it. But how do you know what, like before your time, how do you know what to say and what not to say? Mm-hmm. Something I could be saying right now could be wrong mm-hmm. in the next couple of years, but I was never aware of that. And people don't take that into consideration. Like, okay, I spent like my prime time in Pakistan when I was growing up. And over there, they don't really teach you how racial slurs are a bad thing to say. And luckily, I don't even want to say it, but like, I tried to steer myself away from that. Like, I tried my best not to do something that would be considered controversial, but a lot of people don't realize that it's not something you can say. And I always see like brown guys saying it, and I always share it on my story now because I know there's a lot of people that just don't have the knowledge to not say it. So, I think that everyone should take that initiative to know what's right and wrong. They should be able to do that research and they should get to be the judge of what they can or can't do. Mm-hmm. Like to a certain extent, yes, it's the people around you and yes, it's social media that influences you. But at the end of the day, you're a human for a reason. You're not an animal. You don't have to blindly believe anything that you're told. You have that sixth sense where you can kind of be the judge and be like, okay, this yeah, is so okay, this is okay. Yeah, use your discretion, right? Of course, things. yeah. That's the thing. I wanted to... Okay, so taking it back a bit, where you mentioned how there's uh, different people and then there's average people. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be honest with you. Even in the different people, there's a lot of different people. Mm-hmm. And it's 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 by luck that these, these different people, only specific different people, suddenly blow up and mm-hmm. become famous, right? They have no idea. They're just kind of thrown into it. And then they kind of have like this large influence over our society. Um, and it can become really difficult to know when, what the right thing to say is and what isn't. Um, but at the same time, then we have average people or just anybody who follows social media or follows an influencer. Now they're just blindly kind of believing whatever these people say. Kind of almost like treating them like idols, right? Mm-hmm. Like worshipping people that you see on social media. Uh, my point is that there are a lot of different people too. There's a lot of people who will innovate. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people who will try something daring and do something different. But by luck, there's only going to be a small amount of people who will get chosen and then eventually reach the top, right? And I'm not saying that's not their hard work. There's a lot of people putting in hard work. That doesn't mean all of them become famous. What's, like, to be honest with you, most people, like, I know people are always just like, it's my passion or whatever. No, most people are in it for the money. Most yeah. people do it 
just to blow up, just for the fame, yeah. just for the idea of being known. Yeah, and that's one of the that's see that's one of the things about our society. Like we do it for the materialistic side of it. Ever since like TikTok blew up, a lot of kids like I was talking to a few people and their parents and they were just like yeah my like I asked my kid what they wanted to be because they're like seven or eight and they were like I want to be famous yeah and it's just See, like oh that's wrong because when I was their age I wanted to be a vet or an astronaut yeah. and now they want to be famous which is See, that's the thing. Like, we talked about what's the difference between a hobby and a passion. Mm -hmm. And a passion is something that you dedicate your time to and you end up making money off of it. And a hobby is just something you do for fun. A lot of these kids will willingly go into stuff like TikTok and vlogging and YouTube and Instagram, blah, 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 um, because they want to turn it into a passion. They want to turn it into something that they want to do every day. But they don't realize that because of the illusion that this creates, they actually end up getting severely exploited by older people mm -hmm. and then their influence on social media is controlled by somebody else. Mm -hmm. So like even like Billie Eilish, and she's very young, um, but she like, if you look at her like from 15 to now, her attitude in interviews has completely changed. And a lot of people say that that she literally looks depressed did you see her opening for one of her shows where she takes off her shirt mm -hmm. yeah i felt so bad for her yeah like i was just like she's being pressured into doing this yep. because this is not what she was talking about in the beginning exactly because these people they will see okay this really pisses me off because a lot of people will hide behind the mask of empowerment and empowering females to get naked and blah 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 but really it's older creepy <coughs> men who are doing this to young girls and saying yes it's very empowering if you take off your clothes and and show your body and she doesn't want to do that mm -hmm. and people will literally blindly follow it like young fans will look at that and be like yeah she probably wants to do this she's probably sending the message that you should be comfortable in your body not saying you shouldn't be comfortable in your body but why do you have to get naked to show people that mm -hmm. you know the like, fact that okay the fact that she was able to wear baggy clothes and work through all the comments she used to get about wearing baggy clothes baggy clothes and it, this, it showed more empowerment to me than her taking her clothes off yeah and it because it was just like you know what you have yeah and you're the only one that knows what you have and you're comfortable with facing whatever people are saying and just you're doing you and she did she achieved a large amount of success without getting naked mm -hmm. you know what i mean so it, it just really begs the question like who is really controlling this like i'm gonna be honest with you wait i don't know if i can be honest with you okay i'm yeah. gonna risk it yeah um so you know how sugar daddy shit is like really yeah. big in canada yeah i hopped on a site to see what was going on yeah and after like a few months of processing it, it terrifies me to know that there are men who are like 50 or 60 that find 18 to 20 year old girls attractive. And even then, the law is the only thing stopping them from going lower. Yeah. Because to them, the younger you are, the more attractive it is. And that, that that's scary for yeah. me. The other day I was in an Uber and my Uber driver kept look, like looking at me through the mirror and I just felt uncomfortable. And he was like, I'd like to say 45, 50. And I was just, that's all I could think of, that this old man is probably attracted to me. And there's nothing I can, like, there's nothing that can be like, oh, no, he's not, because it's normal now. It's normal for, like, we've normalized it in society that it's okay for older men to kind of prey on younger women mm -hmm. or younger guys. Because I was reading this thing, um, this guy hopped on a site and he 
he basically had sex with one of the sugar daddies and he got abused or something and it was basically a really messed up story about what went down after and he didn't get paid or anything and there wasn't anything you can really do because you can't go to the law because what are they gonna do yeah you can't tell them what you're doing yeah. because you're not allowed to be doing it because you get paid in cash mm-hmm. which is a crime it is legal in canada but it's more so it comes from the income side right. where it's like you're not reporting that income yeah because how do you report that income like you can put self-employed but then even then you have to put statements down yeah so it's very confusing and but it's scary because back then i don't think it was that much of a thing but now we've kind of like it's one of those things again where we've seen it happen so much that we're kind of just like eh, it's okay well you see a lot of like film producers that are old old dating a lot of young women or a lot of even older (coughs) older women and i'm not talking like a 10 year age difference i'm talking like 30 year age difference and yeah there's like nothing i wouldn't say it's wrong I just think it's creepy. Yeah, or that it's always, it's not always going to be the case, but majority of the times it is a case of you're kind of getting something out of that relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and you might not openly say it just because it makes you feel comfortable being in that relationship, but you know how um, a lot of like 2010, 2015 movies were about how if you wanted to get anywhere in life, you had to sleep with the person, mm-hmm. like the boss or the producer or anything? We saw those messages come down to us, and then five years down the line, those people that watch those movies now think they have to sleep with people to be able to get where they are. And that is kind of true. It's all about the connections you make and how you make them and what you do to get where you are. For sure. But I think it's unfair. Mm -hmm. Because if you have, let's say, the morals, or if, let's say, you have the value, are you not going to get anywhere just because you're not willing to go to that extent to get somewhere? I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna touch on this topic a little bit too because it is um, it is March. It is Women's Month. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, You know the a lot of women, especially influencers. We see a lot of young female influencers. Mm -hmm. Um, And honestly, I'm gonna be honest with you guys. Like the way that these women do get like famous and get a lot of followings and blah 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 is because exactly it's a sugar daddy thing right like they deal with a lot of older men who know their way around the business who know that you have something to offer for them and in in return they're gonna help you and once you become like that influencer or whatever it's kind of like this vicious cycle that you get stuck in because now you're famous now you have this large influence and now you owe it to them yeah my friend she was on the sugar daddy site she had a sugar daddy he was around 56 years old he was really like he owned a ad agency and he knew like modeling agencies and whatever and he kind of like carved her pathway into success yeah so in the beginning she would post like you know those um instagram videos where you try on different outfits where it's just like oh like this is how you style this yeah she would do those and then he was just like oh that's not gonna get you anywhere and then she started like doing like bikini shots and all that and that's when she started blowing up and then she found it necessary and she was basically she listened to everything that he was saying to get where she was and now she owes it to him and now she can't stop because at that point you attract that following right so if you change up who you are then those people don't want to see your content anymore and then payroll stopped coming in so what's more important for you the money or how you got there it's almost really sad that I'm gonna be honest that women actually have like it's it's the option right like the option is there for us to sell our body for us to sell our body to older men to get somewhere and it's really sad because 
it seems like it's a very male dominated industry and i'm not gonna lie like all of these big influencers that i see that are actually genuinely rich like gary v like ty lopez um there's a bunch of other ones and they, they get rich off of investing and and you know they act like they know everything how many women how many women influencers do you see like that who are actually talking about education who are actually getting somewhere because they invested in a huge company or because they own businesses it's so hard for us to notice women that way but it's so much easier for us to notice women who are naked we don't see that's where the tiktok algorithm comes in people are testing that theory where it's like they dress two ways and see which video shows up first and it's usually the video where they're wearing less clothes or where there's a girl in the video or whatever um, and I think that's wrong. I don't think that's right. I don't think that that should be the case. Why do I keep doing that? <laughs> um, <clears throat> and I think it's so normalized to the extent where I had a friend and he was just like, if I was a girl, I'd sell my body to get somewhere too. Yeah. And it, I was just, I was like, in the moment I was like, okay, yeah. But it's offensive. And then I was just like, wait a second. So you're saying that to be something, a girl needs to sell her body. And then I started thinking about it and I'm just like, okay, yeah, we yeah. do. If we want to do anything with our lives, if we want to prosper or go ahead we have to do things that we don't want to do and Dude. i found that crazy in one of david's videos tana was asked how much she was offered for doing a porn video and her offer was 10 million for a video wow 10 million 10 million that's it doesn't seem like a big number but it's a very big number okay i'm gonna share something personal so i was crying on the phone with one of my friends about this well, I won't say friend, somebody that I was really close with before I was literally crying on the phone with them once about this because I wanted to get into music mm -hmm. because I really like to sing. Um, but everybody that I was hitting up or everybody that was hitting me up was a male mm -hmm. and they all were treating me a certain way because of my looks. Mm -hmm. Like they were all literally not taking me seriously about music because I would message them about music. But they would literally turn it around so that now we were talking about like seeing each other or mm -hmm. like meeting up on dates and blah 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 and then like i literally would like went on the phone and i was like crying to my friend and i was like why is it so hard for women to get somewhere with their talent like why is it so hard for me to just based on my talent make connections rather than make those connections based on what other people want out of me mm-hmm it was really it was heartbreaking like in that moment i was genuinely so heartbroken and this also ties into another topic we were talking about we were talking about how face tuning has become such a big thing on instagram because women are taught to not be happy with how they look and i used to do that i used to face tune my pictures a lot and then i went in like i recently stopped doing that altogether. like i stopped i posted a picture with like my breakout on my face and i was like you know like i have to be genuine about this mm -hmm. because like you said no matter how small your following is or how, or how large like i'm i'm almost hitting like 2000 followers mm -hmm. but at the same time i know that the people that follow me i make an impact on them because they messaged me personally and said mm -hmm. like you've done this that has helped me You've done this blah, blah blah so people are paying attention and you can't turn a blind eye to when you know people are paying attention exactly and it's kind of like it just depends on whether what kind of person you are so you can in that moment you can ignore it and be like okay well i'm saying that for a reason yeah and i should just keep doing what i'm doing and keep up that false image that they have or you can be like okay well i want to like i want to step into that image that they have of me and i want to be authentic and i want to be genuine about what i'm putting out there i use facetune like a lot in the beginning 
and I used it like I'm very skinny like very very skinny Mm -hmm. and when the whole like being thick trend started I started going to the gym so much and I wasn't seeing the results I wanted so I started face tuning my body just because I felt like I had to look a certain way and I didn't even care like I did care if there was curves or like I didn't care yeah yeah it looked fake yeah like I didn't care because I was just like I don't care because at that point it's up to them to imagine what it looked like before yeah so and they can't really call you out for it looking fake because they don't know what the picture looked like before. exactly so it's like trust me girl i've been through the same exact thing and i was i wanted to make a post about this so many times but then i was like no like i feel like this it, is too it, much it's i'm like okay tana and james charles these two people are so open about, about like, their face, face tuning, and i like apprehend them for it yeah. i'm so like i yeah. love people who are honest about it and it's been I wanted to be honest about it for a really long time too, but it was always scary because yeah. it's just like then people are gonna think I'm a fucking fraud. <laughs> one of Khuzer's friends texted someone that you went to high school with. I remember he saw it and he texted Khuzer and he's just like, "Your girl's like messed up, blah blah blah. She face tunes her body. She's so insecure. She shouldn't be acting like she looks a certain way when she's not." Mm-hmm. And I read those messages and I was just like, "Okay, but you need to realize guys like you." made me feel insecure about myself and then I put out images like that and then I still get the backlash which makes no sense to me at all and that goes back into what you were saying about older men um I deal with a lot of men I've dealt with a lot of men in my life it's not just like relatives and whatever but something that I've always heard and now it's not even a compliment now I just awkwardly laugh at Mm -hmm. it when they look at me and they're just like well at least you're hot and it's just like what does that do for me working in retail because i know you've worked in retail i work in retail how many older (laughs) men like i've seen 16 older men have been hitting on me and it's it's weird because it's just like i remember when i shared like what i wanted to go into as a profession they were just like well you're gonna be the hottest doctor in canada and i'm just like that's not what i want i want success because of my talent not because of the way i look yeah and i I, it hurts me it it just hurts hurts, me and Because it's like, I don't, am I not anything more than my face? Yeah. And why is it that I have to be, okay, I am average looking, I have to be below average looking? (laughs) Average looking, what the fuck? Okay, but I have to be below average looking, have the talent to be... To be recognized for your talent. Exactly. Yeah. Like, why can't I just be recognized without you putting in my looks into it? And I think it's unfair. I think a lot of these girls, they've... Like, some of these girls have obviously, like, slept their way into the industry, and some have worked really, really hard to get where they are, and they don't get that same recognition just because they look a certain way, and it's just like, she probably slept too with someone. Like, Cardi B is so open about the fact that she literally had to strip to make all of that money to get into the rap career. And Mm -hmm. you know, you can't even be mad at her. Like, you can't even say, oh, she's a hoe, you can't, because she genuinely acknowledges that that's She started from the bottom. Yeah. And I'm going to be honest with you, when you don't have the money and you have the talent, you need to do things you're not going to want to do. And she started at the lowest of the lowest, right? Like, you know, I can say, me and you can say that we started at the bottom, but really we didn't start at the bottom bottom because we have nice houses. We have parents who love us. We have food on the table. Um, we ha- we can buy, like, expensive stuff. Like, we can do that. Mm-hmm. But Cardi B, like, she literally started at the bottom bottom. Like, she, she was in the ghetto, like... Uh, you know not safe environment that she was living in and she uh, she literally had to go through that phase where she had to find a way to make money and why was it that for her the only way she could really think about doing it fast was by stripping because that's an option that is given to us right mm-hmm. 
and it's given to women. Mm -hmm. Like men do it too, but really it's more of a push on women. Mm -hmm. um, and other than that, I wanted to say how um, the thing with makeup, <laughs> mm -hmm. I went through like a very... I won't call it a full-blown eating disorder because it wasn't, but it was on the verge of being a full-blown like eating disorder. Because, so my, you've been around my family. Our family, our body type, even though it's tall, mm -hmm. it's not completely skinny. It's mm -hmm. it's it's full, right? Like I have like my chest and whatever, like mm -hmm. my thighs, like that. I've always that's always been something that I haven't liked about myself. But I was literally not eating to the point where like my face was sunken in um i was so i was into running a lot and like i, I had my medals and everything and but like what people don't know is that every time i ran those runs i was passing out afterwards mm -hmm. and i was like throwing up and my brother like he witnessed this like i was passing out throwing up panic attacks and like my counselors were like why are you not eating like why are you not eating and i was like no i don't have breakfast i don't have lunch i don't have dinner literally i was surviving off of nothing mm -hmm. um and it was so bad because it was that pressure to be skinny and now like up until maybe two years ago when i was in my previous relationship with you know who um the one good thing about him was that he actually started making me feel good about my body and making sure that i was eating properly and so i started to gain that weight back um but then it was like me looking in the mirror and being like, okay, I don't look as skinny as I used to. Mm -hmm. And it's so hard. Like even to this day, it is so freaking hard sometimes to like, you know, when we do the YouTube videos to look at my face and be like, okay, my face looks kind of chubby or like my, like my cheekbones are not, uh, are not as defined as they used to be. So I used to do that. I used to, with Facetune, I used to try to like make my face look skinnier and mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. It's just such a vicious cycle that you get stuck in. It is, and the thing is, a lot of people just don't acknowledge it, and don't acknowledge it's, don't acknowledge what pain has caused you to revert to that. Yeah. They just see it as you're trying to paint a false image without realizing that there's a reason why there's other people on the site, and it's very hard for you to be able to stand out without being able to face tune yourself. Yeah, it feels like social media has kind of turned into a competition, like who's who can get the most followers who can get the most validation <coughs> you know it's not even it started off i know whoever created social media obviously had good share your memories yeah. share your experiences that's what it was initially for and now it's just about who looks the best i feel like sometimes i feel so weird like when i'm like okay i need to make my feed look perfect i need to blah 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 you know i've been a i've been a very against that like making my feed look a certain way mm -hmm. because i feel like i'm putting too much thought into it mm -hmm. i look at like some of my friends like older older pictures and i mm -hmm. sometimes go back to my old instagram accounts do not look for my old instagram <laughs> accounts they are very cringy but it's just i didn't care like they're just so carefree it's just me having fun even with like my some of my older friends like i look back at their like um old instagrams and it's just you know pictures of family pictures of friends nobody's really posing to make the moment look perfect it just looks natural and then sometimes i'm like desperately craving to go back to a time where it was so raw and unfiltered that you could just throw it up there and be like this is a memory i now have that i wanted to share with people becoming a social media influencer is a really like it's a it's a career that you can yeah. get into very easily and if you have the right opportunities ahead of yourself, you can, you, anyone can kind of be it. As long as you look a certain way, you can easily make it in that yeah. industry. So 
back then when we were younger and we were using social media it wasn't even a career it wasn't even a job but now it's a job and because of that a lot of girls want to look a certain way for certain agencies to contact them mm-hmm. to be able to grow themselves yeah there's a lot of pressure but i guess what people need to <coughs> look at is that if you are looking to make it a career right especially for people who are looking to go into modeling um, you're going to have to realize that you're going to go in real life and see those people. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be the social media version of you that's going to go see those people. So whatever your face looks like on social media, you want to make sure that they're seeing the real deal, right? You want to make sure that they're seeing... Because modeling agencies, agencies, what people don't realize, they actually like women with different features. Mm-hmm. They like women with a little bit of like, you know, uh, uh, like, I guess... Sharper features. Yeah, sharper features. Something that looks different. Something that looks fresh. So... Don't try to make yourself look like everybody else because you never know what about you is going to attract somebody to you. It doesn't just have to be even about modeling. It's your personality too because you put your personality out there. Mm-hmm. So the more authentic you are, the more people can relate to you and you ne- people will relate to different things. So you don't want to just keep putting out the same garbage like everybody else, right? You want to put out something that is unique to you, that is only unique to you and it will be unique to you because you are a unique individual Put it out there. Take the risk. Take the risk. It's not... I follow, like, Gary Vee. I mean, I kind of like him because he's very raw about this stuff. He's, I hate him. <laughs> yeah, I know you told me. The only thing I like about him is that he's always um, advocating for the fact that you shouldn't do it for the likes. You know what you and Gary Vee have in common? What? Both of you don't let anyone else talk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's actually true. I've gotten that a lot that I talk a lot. But anyways, let me finish this thought. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, The fact that they advocate for letting um like not not doing it for the likes because you'll put out a lot of content sometimes it won't do well sometimes it will do well but if you put it out there then it's a risk Mm -hmm. but you should be taking the risk ever since we started the podcast a lot of people have asked us to touch on like daisy issues and how what it's like being a daisy girl or what it's like being a brown girl and aruba and i have like tried to stay clear of that just because we don't want to put ourselves in that box we don't like we have so much more knowledge to give than to just be restricted to something that is a part of who we are bingo yeah i agree are you talking <laughs> no i was waiting okay. for you to add to it <laughs> no i was just gonna say that that yeah that's it's just a part of who we are and we're happy to touch on that but then there's also so many other things that we can give our knowledge about exactly it's like it's not the only thing that stands out it's like it's it's kind of like how when you talk to someone, like living in Canada, you tend to talk to a lot of like people from different communities and what you get to hear is you're exotic. And after a certain point, it's just like, I don't want to be exotic. I kind of just want to be me, intelligent, yeah. smart, other adjectives because I don't know a lot. <laughs> yeah. There's um, this one girl who messaged me. And she was like, you know, uh, when I posted my my story about the eating disorder, the girl messaged me and she was like, you know, I've kind of been going through the same thing. Um, the biggest thing that I struggle with is when I take a picture of myself, um, it looks different when it's the front camera, it looks different when it's the back camera. And then some people in real life will tell me I look different than what I do when I post pictures on social media. I think that's the hardest thing for anybody when they, they choose to put their face on social media. I think it's okay. You can tell when something's facetuned or not. You can tell when something's edited or not. And if someone's claiming you facetuned something that you didn't facetune, first of all, they're a dick. Mm-hmm. They're an idiot. Like, we showed Khuzar a picture and this man did not believe that this girl had plastic surgery. So, first of all, if it's a boy telling you this, 
they don't even know the difference between mauve, mauve, mauve. Yeah. Yeah, mauve and purple. So don't listen to them. Secondly, I experienced that too. When I take a picture, I clench my jaw because that gives me cheekbones. And that defines my face very easily because I have a skinny face. Mm -hmm. So obviously I'm not walking around with a clenched jaw, but my face can look like that. So I don't think that's wrong for me to do just because it's like I can look like that. I just choose not to look like that. So if you're posting a picture and it looks a little different or it looks a little off, I think it's okay. Yeah. Like I think you can cut someone that much slack. Well, yeah, because you're literally it's a putting picture. it at the perfect angle. Mm-hmm. You have your makeup on, mm-hmm. whatever. So when I take videos of myself, when I post IGTV videos, I obviously look a little bit different because you're seeing my face move in real time. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's gonna look different. And the angle's different too. Exactly. So it's not gonna look like I 100% look at that 90 degree angle where mm-hmm. I have like my jaw clenched and my face is like poker face, you mm-hmm. know? It's not gonna look like that all the time. Mm-hmm. And and to the girl, I also said, you know, you gotta get used to how your face looks mm-hmm. either way because that's how people are gonna see you in real life regardless. That's what they tell models. Um, that's the number one tip they give you. They tell you to sit in the mirror and look at yourself for a couple hours just so you can become used to your own face because that's usually the first thing that you don't like about yourself and they also tell you to practice your expressions to see what makes you look the most attractive because yes certain things do make you look more attractive and i will say this we've talked about this before but confidence is the most important thing Mm -hmm. you can look different but as long as you're confident about it it's okay my biggest insecurity has been my nose yeah but i was about to get a nose job and i decided not to just because i i got so close to doing it but then i decided no and ever since that day i've been comfortable in all aspects do i sometimes look at the other side of my face which is the bad side and feel bad about the way i look yes do i look at the other side and think okay this is better yes and is that okay no because i'm not 100 percent comfortable being having this feature that's so prominent on my face but then i look back into the history of women who came into the industry or who were who looked different and who were unique and then i think of do you know when shah khan um why did i say it like that shah khan joined the industry he was told that he had the most average looks mm-hmm. so he wouldn't ever do well yeah bro this man is booming like yeah. he he's made a lot of money and he was told no so sometimes when people tell you no it's the best thing they can do for you the best thing you can do for yourself is not take no for an answer yeah push yourself push yourself harder and you like that's what i'm saying okay you might look at yourself and see like the flaws i'm gonna be straight up with you when i look at you you look like you look symmetrical you look beautiful that's what i say about you though and you don't feel that way about i know what you mean because when i watch the youtube videos that we post i'm like my face does I not look, like look symmetrical. Do I, I really too. look like that? Oh my god. Like, oh my god, I should not make that expression again in the next video. But then I'm like, you know, like, this is the the video, like, it's a shitty camera. Mm-hmm. Like, the sun is, like, shining on our face, exposing every <laughs> single flaw. It's, it's a thing to laugh at at yeah. the end of the day, you know? Because people are going to look at it and they're going to see a completely different thing than I do. Mm-hmm. So you gotta you gotta keep that in your mind. Like you you have to do something so that you're not constantly looking at every single flaw that you have. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's all that all that we have for this podcast. Yeah. So what's our takeaway from this? Don't take everything you see on social media seriously. Do your research and remember, social media is an illusion, and we are buying into it. Yeah. And it's just you know 
it takes a lot of self-awareness and moral character to put out your authentic self and it can be very scary like hiba and i we just exposed ourselves we said we use face soon that's not an easy thing to do no it's not it's really not an easy thing to do but it's a vulnerable thing to do it's an authentic thing to do and if somebody can listen to this and be like you know they think we're like some kind of goddesses and look at us and be like holy shit they used facetune too they have insecurities too and if that helps you guys feel a little bit better then that's the our work is done for the day <laughs> yeah know? yeah anyways guys thank you so much for listening to our podcast episode nine uh, it's been a lot of fun to make this podcast i really liked it me too yeah and um keep our, our eyes peeled we are going to be releasing more youtube videos uh again we are in quarantine mode so guys take care of yourself that's all that we have to say for today yeah Take care, guys. Bye. Bye.